Hello, friends. Welcome again to the DDP. I'm Paul. It's the 15th day of November, and we are proceeding on through the Gospel of Luke into the fourth chapter. Um, Several verses into the fourth chapter as we've introduced Jesus in the wilderness. I want to make sure to remind you uh, today, the 15th is the middle of the week, and we are finally back to having our Tuesday evening Bible studies. Um, I'm recording this couple weeks in advance, uh, of course, because of our trip to Europe, but looking at the calendar, unless something happened that I don't foresee, we should have met uh, on the 14th, which means we are concluding the Ruth study. That will post today. So we're back at this study. Uh, My goal heading into this is to conclude it. I don't want to say a couple of weeks before I do it whether we pull that off, so I won't land real hard on that, just to say that uh, that's the that was the, the aim, was to finish Ruth um, heading into this week. So check it out. Every Wednesday, we drop the Tuesday Night Bible Study so that you can have full access, both video and audio. Uh, PWM is the YouTube channel, paulwhiteministries.com, and of course, right here, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to the audio. Luke chapter 4, <clears throat> Jesus has been confronted by the devil, you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Of course, this is Jesus being tempted to turn the stone into bread. And the question we need to ask is, what would be so bad about this? Why is this a temptation? Turning one thing into another thing is not hard for Jesus. In fact, John opens the miracles of Jesus in John 2, at the wedding of Cana, where Jesus turns the water into wine. Now, water does eventually become wine. Water goes into the ground, nourishes the vine. The vine grows a grape. The grape contains water. That grape gets crushed into wine. So the water does get there. It's not Jesus turning wood into wine. He He's turning water into wine, which is going to get there on its own, but he speeds up the process. So you could say that stones to bread is to do that which is unnatural, that which is purely miraculous, not just speeding up the clock. Uh, Jesus multiplies bread and fish. He takes a kid's lunch and he turns it into a meal for thousands so the, the, the miraculous, in other words, just looking at the ministry of Jesus, the miraculous of doing the things that <clears throat> can be done in the moment to bless are not off limits for Jesus. So we would have to wonder, what is wrong with turning stones to bread? Well, first of all, it's a temporary gratification. It's not the solution to the long-term problem of eating. It's letting the temporal trump the permanent. And if you enter that pattern for life to where you never concern yourself with the long-term, but you only live for the short-term, you might find yourself a slave to self-gratification. So that there's no thought for tomorrow You'll live only for today. And we've all encountered people who 
have no thought for tomorrow. They live only for today. And unfortunately, it doesn't usually end well in that situation. So it's not timely in this moment for Jesus, and it's not proper in this moment for Jesus. But there's more still. Look at his response in verse 4. Jesus answered him saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. I think the old King James, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Here's two things that you need to remember consistently in this temptation. Not just this one, but all three. Every temptation in this Luke 4, and I don't assume this is every temptation Jesus faced, but Luke only includes three, but in every one he does something similar to show us a necessity. Jesus knows his Bible. (laughs) He quotes scripture in verse 4 in response to temptation. He quotes scripture in verse 8 in response to temptation. He quotes scripture in verse 12 in response to temptation. Every time he's attacked by the devil, he quotes scripture. And he goes into this always combating the if you're the son of God part. If you're the son of God, do this. Two of the three is if you're the son of God. So it tells me we need a couple of things when we go into our wilderness. We need to know who we are. We need identity. We need to know that we are the righteousness of God. We need to know that we are sons. We need to know that we are daughters. We need to recognize our inheritance and our place in the inheritance. Because when we do, then we are forced to recognize that God is a father. And if we recognize that God is love and that God is a father, then God is by default a loving father. This will help us to recognize what God is not. Or in other words, it will help us to recognize that which is not God. Because it will not be familial and it will not be loving. So we need identity. But we also need to know the word. We need to know what the word says about us. We need to know what the word says to us. And just as importantly, we need to recognize now on the other side of the cross that the word is Jesus. And so we go into the wilderness with an identity and with Jesus. Jesus' response that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God is to show us that there is more to life than possessions and eating and stuff. There's listening to the voice of God. So you could turn the stone to bread, but be in no better shape tomorrow because there's more to living than turning stones to bread. There's hearing what God says about you. And the temptation is almost always to take care of the temporary at the expense of the permanent or the eternal. And there's no substitute for knowing the voice of God, not even fresh bread when you're hungry. Tomorrow, we go to the second temptation. See you then. God bless.